In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name is great among the nations, and in every place incense is offered to my name, and a pure offering. For my name is great among the nations, saith the Lord of hosts. Those are words taken from the first chapter of the prophet Malachi. In the days of the prophet Malachi, Israel, from her priests down to the common layperson, were no longer taking the sacrifices of the temple seriously. The people are complaining that God is nowhere to be found, that he's not blessing them. They're complaining to God that there's agricultural problems with locusts, the country is an economic wreck. There are corrupt rulers, dysfunction and disarray among families. And they're asking, where are you, Lord, and where are your blessings? Then the Lord God responds. First to the priests. O priests who despise my name, you say, how have we despised your name? By offering polluted food upon my altar. And you say, how have we polluted it? By thinking that the Lord's table may be despised. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that no evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that no evil? Present that to your governor. Will he be pleased with you or show you favor, saith the Lord of hosts? You say that the Lord's table is polluted and the food for it may be despised. What a weariness this is, you say, and you sniff at me, saith the Lord of hosts. You bring what has been taken by violence, or is lame or sick, and this you bring as your offering. What the Lord God is saying in his answer is that the reason you're not seeing me is you're not giving me what my name calls for. You're just giving me what you want. And even that, your governor wouldn't even take. Lambs that are blind, lambs that can't walk and riddled with disease, you're bringing them and offering them, and you can't understand why I'm not blessing you? You don't understand why I'm not impressed with you bringing me your leftover worship? Which is a problem that has plagued the people of God from the time of Cain and Abel. He says, I am a great king, saith the Lord. The table of the Lord that Malachi referred to at this time was the altar at the temple. And on the altar was where they sacrificed the animals to God. This was the sacrificial system by which sinful humanity, sinful since the time of Adam and Eve, could approach the all-holy God. And it was messy. And the people were saying, we have to do this again. Drain the blood, offer the sacrifice again. Then the Lord says, I see you sniffing at it. Thinking, oh, we must smell this incense again, this burnt offering again. And you say, how tiresome is the table of the Lord. Malachi was saying that they should have been excited about this table zealous for the table, the altar, but instead they were tired of it. 
What the sacrifices on the altar did in the Old Testament was brought freedom and life to the people. What the Lord through Malachi is telling them is, you're tired of something that is the source of your life. You're tired of something that is keeping you connected with me. Keeping the covenant on your behalf. That's keeping the curse away. That's allowing my blessings to flow. Malachi, within that prophecy, looked to the future and saw no more sacrifices at the temple. He said, from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name is great among the Gentiles, and in every place incense is offered to my name and a pure offering. You notice he didn't say that pure offerings, plural, were being given to God through the world, to the, throughout the world. Rather, he said that a pure offering, singular, was being given. And that is significant. He was not talking about any possible sacrifices performed outside of Israel at his time. He was talking about a single sacrifice that would be offered in a time to come throughout the entire world. Can you think of a sacrifice that fits this bill? Malachi was the last prophet before the arrival of John the Baptist who would herald the Christ's imminent coming. And that Messiah, born in Bethlehem, Bethlehem, the house of bread, in a cave wherein were birthed the lambs to be used in sacrifice at the temple and being laid in a manger, a feeding trough for animals, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was already signaling that he is to be the one perfect sacrifice, the Lamb of God, as pointed out by St. John the Baptist, and that he is indeed true food. Our Lord said in the sixth chapter of John, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread which I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Truly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. Then, at the Last Supper, will celebrating the Passover with his disciples, he said, Take, eat, this is my flesh. Take, drink, this is my blood. The Lord was celebrating the Passover with his disciples. If we look back and remember what was happening at that first Passover, we see the Lord God on the night of Passover telling Moses to take a lamb, to slaughter it in the evening twilight, roast its flesh, and eat the flesh of the lamb. And something else, you take the blood of the lamb that was sacrificed for you, and you mark it on the doorposts and the lintel. Upon those doorways, 
Archaeologists have found that Egyptians and the Jewish slaves living in the land of Goshen had inscribed their names on those doorposts and lintels. That means the blood of the lamb would cover their name. What it's saying to the angel of death, that these who live in this home are covered by the blood of the lamb, by the mercy of the lamb. That's the first Passover. And what took place in all the Passover since the Exodus, when they now had a temple as in the time of our Lord? I heard a priest describing in a brief, succinct way the sacrifice that was offered. So this is no exhaustive, detailed summary. But you took a lamb, a year-old lamb, firstborn male, that was unblemished. You brought that lamb into your home. For if you look at the date on which you were to acquire the lamb, it was days before the Passover. And it lived with you for a week. Of course, so it, you could be sure that it wasn't blemished, that you can inspect it thoroughly. But the hope is that the lamb would become something precious to you. That you would learn to love the lamb. What you would do then on Passover, you would carry that lamb in your arms to the temple. And you didn't let it, let it walk on its own. It might get blemished or break a bone. You carry that lamb that you now care about, and you present the lamb to the priest, the Levitical priest. And around the area of the altar in the temple, there was a chest-high wall. You were on one side and the priest on the other. And you would carry that lamb and drape him over that wall. And the priest would hand you a knife and you would dispatch the lamb. And the priest would catch the blood of the lamb in vessels as you held the lamb as his life seeped out of it. And this lamb that you learned to love, this lamb that was valuable to you, the priest would catch its blood in bowls. And they had lines and lines of priests leading up to the altar in Jerusalem. And they would pass that bowl from priest to priest. And the sacrifice was not complete when the lamb was presented to the priest, nor when its blood flowed, the sacrifice was complete when the last priest took, when the last priest at the altar took the blood of the lamb and poured it out upon the altar. That is when the Passover sacrifice was being lifted up to God. Then you walk from the temple with the body of the lamb now prepared, and you carry it back to place it on a wooden spit to roast it over a fire to eat its flesh. The Last Supper was that preparatory rite. The sacrifice is when his blood was poured out on the altar of the cross. But then he is given back to us to consume his flesh and blood as food. Archbishop Fulton Sheen wrote, The mere eating of the flesh and blood of a man would profit nothing, but the glorified flesh and blood of the Son of Man would profit unto life everlasting. As man died spiritually by physically eating in the Garden of Eden, so man would live again spiritually through the physical eating of the fruit of the tree of life, which is the Holy Cross. And that is what Malachi was talking about. He was saying that even though the Jews of his day offered impure sacrifices, there would come a day when God's people would offer him an acceptable sacrifice. And it would be one offering, not many, and the only sacrifice that fits this bill is the Holy Mass. 
The sadness of this day and age is that many Catholics think Mass is about being entertained or, inter or educated or even feeling inspired, but we know that it's not. It is the sacrifice that has been offered up to God. A sadness for a priest is to hear people say, I didn't get anything out of Mass today. That's not because it's a blow to our pride or ego, but it's because the point of worship is not to get anything. It's about what you give. That's why so many get disenchanted with the Mass. Oh, but Mass gets boring, long, all these other things. We tell the Lord what we're going to do instead. I'm going to go to a different service. I'm going to find a different church. Because that's what I'm going to give you. Lord, I know you told us to do this. Hoc faciter meam commemorationem. Do this in memory of me. And do it on Sunday. But it's hunting weekend. Or it's game day. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and spend time with you in the woods. Chill and feast with my family while we watch the game. If I give God what I want and not what he has asked for, then whom do I really love? Do I love him or am I saying I love myself more? If I know that the Lord God has said this is how I want you to worship me, but I give him what I want to give him, that's not an act of love for him, that's an act of love for myself. Do this, hoc facite. And every Christian for 1,500 years knew that that was worship. That is the sacrifice. The sacrifice we offer to God is his only begotten son, the very best thing he has ever given to us. The sacrifice of the only begotten son of God to the Father. In the Old Testament, they were given freedom and they were given life. In the New Covenant, covenant of Christ's blood that we are under. When you eat his body and drink his blood, the doorposts of your body, the mouth is marked, covered by the blood of the lamb. When we eat his flesh, marked by his blood, we are given freedom. We are given life. Take care lest what Malachi said of his own people be said of us. You say how tiresome the altar of the Lord is. And you sniff at me, the Lord God. All the former ancient rites have departed. Newer rites of grace prevail. Et antiquum documentum novo cedatritui. The holy sacrifice of the Mass surpasses all of the Old Testament ritual sacrifices which had to be repeated continuously and could never accomplish true union, communion with God. We are blessed to see this day that Malachi longed for. For from the rising of the sun to its setting, his name is great among the nations, and in every place incense is offered to his name and the pure offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.